I met the most fascinating guy a couple of weeks ago. His stories have been bouncing around in my brain ever since. And I want to share them with you, listener. Get ready to meet Cletus Cavalier. Stay tuned. Professor Theo's Mystery Lab. I'm Professor Theo. Welcome to the lab. I know I promised a kid's superheroes McFly Middle update this month. Things have been pretty wild over at McFly Middle. It's going to take a bit for the dust to settle and for me to fully and accurately pass those stories along to you. So we're going to have to wait just a little bit longer for that. I hope you have had an excellent back-to-school, be-you-in-person, virtual, hybrid homeschool or otherwise. And I hope it's a school year that continues to include trips to this lab. You're welcome on a field trip to Professor Theo's Mystery Lab anytime. All you have to do is check out ProfessorTheo.com for all the latest in Splendid's kids superheroes, time-traveling teens, detective dogs, race car driving cats. We even have our own kid space force. Though they are out of touch at the moment. More on them soon. Today is about Cletus, the man I met in a saloon near campus a couple of weeks ago. Cletus is from Splendid, originally. He doesn't live here anymore, hasn't lived here for years. He studied here at Splendid University some time ago, before my tenure here. And then he moved to study down south at the University of Parts Unknown, shortly thereafter getting a job at the Space Place. And that's where his adventures really began. What I'm going to share with you today is the first of a seven-part adventure in a tale of Cletus Cavalier's Space Run, Part 1. Cletus was deep in the Zeta system, far from anything concrete or anyone human, hurtling through space at an impressive speed in a small spacecraft. Pinpoints of starlight decorated all around, poking holes in the infinite darkness, but they were distant. Without a nearby sun or planet, the universe was awfully murky, and Cletus felt lonely. The AIK-205 was too small for the mission, and Cletus knew it, but he also recognized that the ship wouldn't be detected on any form of radar, especially not this far out. That was a top priority. Cletus's life depended on his ability to slip in and out of the Asteria Belt Outpost quickly and undetected. Cletus had been traveling to and through Zeta for nearly a week, but it was in the last 24 hours where he'd had the most challenging time. Little light and diminishing food rations made the Space Ranger second-guess his delivery mission. His nerves were shot, too, after being fired upon and nearly apprehended by a band of space pirates on the previous day. One more day, 
Cletus whispered to himself. When planning the trek, he knew this would be the most challenging part mentally, but he hadn't anticipated how sore his body would be physically. His tall frame didn't quite fit right anywhere in the ship. As a result, he hadn't really stood up straight or stretched out comfortably since blastoff. That he slammed his blonde dome hard into the instruments above at least twice a day didn't help with his tendency for headaches either. Twenty-four more hours. We got this. Cletus's arrival at the outpost couldn't come soon enough for him or for the pack that eagerly awaited his delivery. Sleeping was an uncomfortable challenge. Still, if he could free his mind of the precariousness of flying an outdated tin can through space and of the pressure of knowing how many relied on his top-secret delivery and of the exhausting heat that permeated his ride and the unbearable solitude, he might be able to drift off to sleep for a few hours. Cletus had been curled up, fidgeting, willing himself to slumber for at least an hour or two when the cabin lights began blinking red. An alarm sounded. No, no, no. Cletus popped up, banged his head again, sprang to action, inasmuch as anyone could spring into anything in these cramped quarters. Cletus's official job title was mechanic, not medical supply delivery man, so he was better suited to fix whatever was wrong with the ship than whatever outbreak had plagued the Asteria Belt outpost. This provided little comfort, though, as it was the third incident in as many days that the AIK-205 needed repaired. The first two fixes were relatively simple, and both related to non-essential parts, but the current red light situation indicated something more serious. Someone who didn't know what they were looking at might be worried to see the control panel dismantled into a dozen pieces, alongside a near-hyperventilating middle-aged mechanic-turned-pilot lost in space, but Cletus knew what he was doing. Replacement parts not being an option, the leader and only crew member of the AIK-205 worked quickly to rig a temporary fix to the ship's alternator. The patch worked. Cletus breathed a sigh of relief. It took a while for his blood pressure to settle in, and once it did, Cletus considered another attempt at a nap. This time the utter and complete exhaustion beat out his busy mind, and he nodded off into a surprisingly deep dream world. Sometime later the cabin was suddenly ablaze in red once again. Alarms blared. Cletus set up fast, dodged the instruments above this time, smiled at them, moved quickly, efficiently. This plug here, that wire there, the ranger's focus was unparalleled, only breaking long enough to wipe sweat from his glasses. Cletus heard a low, troubling hum, a loud clang from the engine, and the sound of something pop. No, no, no. The red light and blaring alarm subsided again, but not because anything was fixed. The AIK-205 was dead. Cletus was at best 18 hours from his destination, surrounded by nothing but vast space, no communication, little food. His mind raced, searching for a solution. Without power, the sweltering hot cabin turned quite cool in minutes, too cool. At this rate, Cletus might freeze to death in well under an hour. His technical and mechanical expertise pushed to the brink. Cletus attempted one remedy after another, all to no avail. 
No, 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 please, come on. It can't end this way. Come on. God, thank you for helping me to figure out a way out of this, and if you do, I'll I'll do something really awesome and important and, and kind and... and... I, I don't know. Ball's in your court, God. He closed his eyes. Cletus didn't pray a lot, and he wasn't the type to give up easily. But every story must have its end. He was terrified that his story was about to conclude right here and right now. Deep in the Zeta system, far from anything concrete or anyone human, stuck in space. The lonely way to go. End of part one. And that's all for today, listeners, but we will be back next week with part two of Cletus Cavalier's Space Run. And soon, very soon, maybe next week, perhaps the week after, you'll meet Halloween Hal. And I know Halloween is still a ways away, but if you're like me, you're ready. I'm ready. Bring it on, fall. Soon. Professor Theo's trilogy of mostly harmless Halloween haunts will play. In the meantime, be good to each other. Have a wild and wonderful and weird week. Be helpers. Professor Theo's Mystery Lab is written and read by Jonathan Joy. And Levi Joy. I'm Rissy Joy, the proud wife and mother of these two. Please rate and review the podcast on iTunes. Spread the word. Tell a friend. If you don't, Professor Theo might blast you into outer space. If he could do that type of thing, I mean. Also, please consider supporting this project by making a small monthly pledge at ProfessorTheo.com. You can email our family at theprofessortheo at gmail.com or tweet at us at Theo underscore mystery. Thanks for listening. Tune in next week.